We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'll never call off fourth quarter pressure. Back of the jersey, double sevens. No matter how many times, I never get tired of that reference. Hop Hall of Fame for dirt, we love you with a deep breath. Hi, this is Luka Doncic. Hi, I'm Kyrie Irving. And, and you're listening, listening to, to the Mavs Step, Step Back, Back Podcast. Waiting on my fall off. I'll never call off. Fourth quarter pressure. Back of the jersey. Double sevens. No matter how many times, I never get tired of that reference. Hall of Fame for dirt. We love you with a deep reverence. Bad court nasty. I wonder who gon' check him. Cuban did his thing when he went and got number 11. I still got his picture on my wall at 707. Feel synonymous with Kyrie, how we both train with aggression. Competition obsolete. Trying to breathe life into my dreams. I'm so tired of sleep. Still got some work from last season that was incomplete. So hungry for redemption. Thank my boys, that's my overheat. Like Luca with his three of them hit. My mic is prone to overheat. I pride myself the most. I'm 22 and my folks proud of me. I took the heart away since I was 10. Was no surprise to me. A step back mass blowing up was no surprise to me. And I'm speaking honestly. Seven. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I am joined by our Mavs Step Back uh, Podcast correspondent, Grant Afseth. He does a lot of great work for us over uh, DallasBasketball.com. Uh, he's got his own podcast that he does with Kevin Gray uh, that, you know, they feature it on the, the Mavs official uh, radio channel, The Eagle. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about in a short period of time today. We're going to have more to talk about after this upcoming stretch of games. Uh, but, you know, the Mavs, they, they've lost six of their last nine. Uh, they started this home stretch with a win over the Rockets, who at the time were tied with the Timberwolves for the top defense in the league. That was encouraging. And then, you know, Luca, he had his baby. Uh, congrats to him. He missed that. Uh, game against the Memphis Grizzlies, but Kyrie was still playing, and you figured, as bad as the Grizzlies have been, that the Mavs would find a way to win that one, and they didn't. Uh, it was bad. So uh, they got beat badly by the Grizzlies. They came back that next night, and you know when they got beat by the Grizzlies, and then you had to play the, the team with the best point differential in the Western Conference on the second night of a back-to-back, it's like, okay, well, we kind of figure how this one's going to go. And it did for three quarters. 
and then down 24 in the fourth quarter, they pull a 30 nothing NBA record uh, run out of their asses and take a 117 to 111 lead with about four minutes left, and then they just ran out of gas. They couldn't finish the job. Uh, and it was weird because, you know, they lost the game. And, but, you know, everybody in the in the post-game stuff, the press conferences, you know, you would have thought that they won the game the way everybody was talking. So uh, that's how impressive that run was. And, I mean, honestly, it was encouraging. I mean, it's – you don't just – that doesn't happen every day in the NBA. So they've shown that they can go on a run, especially when they were shorthanded. They didn't have Tim Hardaway Jr., didn't have Kyrie, Josh Green, Dante Exum, and they still were able to put together that kind of stretch. So here we are, six losses in the last nine games. They will have had three days off uh, when they take the court on Wednesday against the Utah Jazz, and then the next two after that are winnable too because they play the Portland Trailblazers Friday and then the next game will be against the Memphis Grizzlies. And then after that, you know, the Lakers, they're not a pushover, but, you know, it's a team that's very beatable for the Mavs. So you have an easier stretch of games coming up here. Do you think the Mavs are going to be able to turn this thing around, Grant? Because the Mavs themselves are pretty confident. Luka thinks they're about to turn things around. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think a lot of it depends on the availability with, uh, you know, both the superstar backcourt you know, being available to play, I think with Kyrie, you know, participating in practice, that makes a big difference because honestly, the shooting from a lot of the role players has like fell off, uh, like as a collective since that really hot start. Uh, so I feel like, uh, you know, you're going to have to have the superstars kind of level it up a little bit uh, until that kind of recovers. And then, you know, with the injuries to other players as well, we're not sure how long you know, Josh Green could be out. Grant Williams is now dealing with some knee soreness as well. So then it kind of gets into a thing where the, the top players kind of have to set the tone as well uh, because of those elements in addition. So I think just, uh, you know, they could really turn things around uh, with both those guys likely being back in the lineup and just, you know, kind of setting that tone. And then, um, you know, their weak opponents as well, uh, you know, Portland and then Memphis again. Uh, you know, that that definitely uh, should be wins, I would think. Uh, if you have Luka, that makes it very challenging for, you know, an opposing team to account for, adding Kyrie to help provide that support. And, yeah, I think there should be enough firepower throughout 48 minutes. And then defensively, you know, you would think with Lively uh, being back in the rhythm of playing after missing that one game due to that back contusion. Uh, you know, I, I remember in the locker room he did mention that, like, you know, he didn't, fully feel like he was himself physically after that first game back in the lineup. So, you know, that's natural. So I yeah. feel like having a couple games now where he's played, he can help elevate the defense as well. Like he did, you know, throughout that game against the Thunder where he was making big plays. So I think those are all the factors, kind of the things that you would like cling to as an identity uh, can be relied on again uh, with them all being in the lineup, you know, going into these next few games. It's a great transition because that was my next thing I was going to bring up is Derek Lively specifically in that last game. You know, they they weren't able to pull off or finish off the comeback win against the Thunder, but, you know, there were several positives to take away from that game. You know, you had Luca with the, the triple-double that tied Larry Bird on the all-time list. Uh, you know, first game back from, you know, being up late with his newborn baby, and he puts up 36 points, 15 rebounds, 18 Assists. He had two blocks and two steals. Two shot fifty percent from just a just a masterclass performance by Luca uh, in that first game back. And then you had Lively 
who is a few games removed from that back contusion, and back stuff is is nothing to scoff at. I mean, it's hard to to come back from something like that and, and be yourself. And, you know, he had 20 points, 16 rebounds, and seven blocks. And, uh, you know, he shot nine of nine from the field. And, look, I know in today's age you can cherry-pick different NBA records, you know, based on specific stats. You know, we see it all the time. First player to do this, first player – but he was the first teenager in NBA history to put up that stat line, uh, you know, while shooting 100% from the field. So, you know, it's something he can at least put on his resume. But, I mean, his development has been so rapid. It, it's exceeded. And we've talked about this many times before, and, and, and we keep talking about it with every, you know, jaw-dropping game he has. Uh, but, you know, he, he just keeps raising the bar, and he, he's developed so much in just a 19-game span uh, that it makes you wonder what he's going to look like toward the end of this season. I mean, if he keeps up at this pace, you know, he's going to be one of the better center, centers in the league. Now, obviously, he's not going to be up there with Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic and those guys. But, I mean, he's going to be one of the best centers in the league if he keeps up at this pace. And, you know, I think the more he builds chemistry with Luca and with Kyrie and the rest of the guys, and if he can stay healthy, then you know you kind of want to believe Luca when he says this team's going to win a lot of games the rest of the season. So I'm impressed with him. Uh, he's exceeded all, and I had lofty expectations for him from the jump because I believed in his his potential, and you know he has the physical attributes to where it's like, okay, the Mavs haven't had this in years. So obviously, if he has the opportunity, he's going to make a difference, but. He's even exceeded my expectations. And, you know, I mean, where do you see Lively as far as, like, you know, the rookie ladder this year? Uh, rookie of the year rankings. I think it's safe to say he's definitely going to be first-team all-rookie if he keeps this up, right? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I would definitely think so because I think with the structure, Wembenyama and Holmgren, because he'll be eligible, 
uh, I believe, would they, they would be considered – actually, I don't know. It's going to be interesting because is Holmgren going to be considered a center or is he going to be considered a forward? Because I think he's playing a lot of five. So it might, it might be yeah, – it, it might get complicated. <laughs> if they're both forwards, the Wembenyama and Holmgren, I think it's easy for sure. But I think, uh, yeah, either way, he will be one of those, like, top rookie – uh, players where it's like kind of like like with all NBA with the centers where it's like you know two players <laughs> that are like Embiid and, and uh, Jokic where one of them second team or something like that and you're like wow he really shouldn't be second team but he is you know like that sort of situation but regardless he's definitely in that like top five uh, rookie impact uh, sort of uh, you know when you look at the draft class right now because there's there's no doubt about that he's He's been able to provide like the the major uh, you know defensive anchor presence that the team lacked last year. Like there were times where you know opposing players, I would just talk to uh, sometimes after games, and they say like I just ask about the defense, things like that. Especially after the trade, I was curious, and they felt there was no interior defensive presence that they would say. So now they have one. That's a big difference. Yeah. And then you know just as he's continued to get comfortable offensively. I think the big uh, element last game that we saw was the short roll uh, attacking that he had. Like there was a lot of comments from, you know, Luca told him in the second quarter that he needs to basically dunk the, you know what, ball. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to go against the small, small or Holmgren, you need to go against the small defenders. Like don't have that extra yeah. use for Holmgren. Uh, you better I, I uh, think, attack the smaller defenders too. I think Jason Kidd, if I remember correctly, I think Lively said that Jason Kidd told him, you know, quote unquote, don't pass the effing ball, you know? <laughs> yeah. It seemed, it seemed like Luca and Jason Kidd were very motivated to get him to be very aggressive, which is crazy because it's like, if you think about the results, like he just got told mid game to attack out of short rolls and he did it and he put Holmgren on a poster. Like a lot of players are getting like Crazy. swatted away into like the 10th row by Holmgren. Yeah, it's it's very uh, impressive. And, you know, honestly, that's one thing that we talked about a lot last year is out of those short rolls, the team was very limited. You had centers that were not really looking to even like actually like not looking at the rim at all. <laughs> like after they got the ball, they're just looking to get yeah. into a shooter who couldn't put it on the floor. So you know, having that threat from Lively is a very great dimension to have and continue to build on. And that's actually something, you know, that I'm writing about, you know, on DallasBasketball.com right now is the fact that, uh, you know, he mentioned he wanted to continue to become more offensive minded, grow his impact on that side of the of the floor and doing so by continuing to work on his ball handling and be aggressive. And, you know, we're seeing that. And the fact that he got told mid game and then applied it, that's a true testament to not only his talent, but coachability and humility as well. Well, I know the position stuff makes it tricky with the with the all rookie teams and everything. They they should probably it's kind of like all NBA. They should probably just go positionless at this point because you know it really should be the top five talents in my opinion, regardless of position. But uh, I mean, if you take into consideration not just how he's played overall, but just specifically versus Wimbanyama versus Chet Holmgren. He's he's in my opinion he's come out on top in those individual matchups both times even though he's only one and one against them both now but just individually versus those two he's held his own and arguably played better than both of them in those matchups so I think that's something that he can kind of hang his hat on and it can be like a like it, it can be part of his campaign at the end of the year at least <laughs> and I think up. for his uh, development in general, it's very impressive to see that he played, you know, Holmgren in his first summer league game, apply what he saw in that matchup, and then was prepared in the first regular season game that they played. And that's part of like 
what a lot of the players in general have, have mentioned about his development is the challenge of not seeing players multiple times. Like he's seeing them for the first time. He has to get used to facing like, oh, this guy's capable of this. I'm expecting this to happen when he does this. Like all like those little you. nuances. Yeah. Like I talked to like Dwight Powell, Grant Williams, and they uh, they all mentioned that like very early in the season, like that first road game uh, that they played in Memphis. Uh, that was like very early in the season. And they mentioned that, you know, for him to stay in that defensive stance and really make uh, like a quick read and maximize his impact, it's going to require like continuing to get comfortable with those matchups. And, you know, that that's just a great example with a dynamic player like Holmgren applying what he's learned just makes a massive difference. And we saw that uh, in that game. And that's that's encouraging for sure. Well, uh, you know, like I said, it's win loss wise. It hasn't been great. The Mavs are kind of on a skid, but the schedule lightens up. They have plenty of days of rest. They should, you know, because they should be healthy going into this Utah game because Kyrie and uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. were back at practice uh, here recently. And we don't know what's going to happen with Josh Green. But, you know, they should have enough firepower to where they should rattle off, in my opinion, three straight wins here. Uh, now, it's the NBA. Anything can happen on any given night. But I just feel like, you know, the Mavs have a good chance to rattle off three in a row. Then you play the Lakers at home, and if you win that one, then all of a sudden, you know, you're you're 15 and 8. And I've talked about a few times how the Mavs have been a 500 team after 30 games for Jason Kidd's first two seasons. Well, if you get to 15 and 8, there's a <laughs> unless you lose seven in a row from that point, they're going to finally get over that hump. Uh, and every early season win matters. So. We'll see how it goes. Should be an interesting week uh, for the Mavs. The in-season tournament is going on now. Two spots already secured in the Final Four in Vegas with the Indiana Pacers and the New Orleans Pelicans. And then we'll see how the other half of that bracket uh, fills out tonight. But, guys, appreciate y'all joining us for a brief episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. Be sure to go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube, everywhere else you get them. Uh, go to Grant's channel at Grant Afseth on YouTube. Give him a subscription over there as well. And be sure to follow all of our work on DallasBasketball.com. We are churning out stuff every single day, day and night. So uh, go over there and check out all that. There's a lot of good stuff coming before this, uh, this Utah game on Wednesday. Guys, appreciate it. Y'all have a great rest of your day. We'll see you next time.